what's going on, everybody? Hey, what's going on? We are back. It's been about three weeks. Yeah, about three weeks. But, uh, three weeks of cold, blistering weather. Yeah, fuck. Fuck Michigan. Well, at least we're not on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, but we're still surrounded by water, and it's still cold. So. I can be that. I can be that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Great Lakes are frozen at this point. Yeah, the East Coast got blasted, though. I heard foot of snow, plus I think around the same temps that we have, if yeah. not colder. It's rough city, but they're calling it a bomb cyclone. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Well, you remember we had the polar vortex a couple years ago? Yeah. Well, they're calling this a bomb cyclone. But, but I want to know, is it a real thing? Or did they make that name up? No, they're, they're, they made the name up for what's going on. It's like a... Because that is a... If they did, that's a fucking stupid name. It is. So is Polar Vortex. See, I feel Polar Vortex makes more sense. It... it yeah. Okay. But for me, personally, working outside, it's a fucking bomb cyclone. Okay? It's like... See, but we didn't get that. That was what the East Coast got. Wasn't it? The East Coast has got the bomb cyclone. We didn't get the bomb cyclone. I heard it on the radio here in Michigan. I don't know. It's all it's just it's fucking cold out. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just still slanging windows in this cold ass weather, and uh, <laughs> bunch of sling blade motherfuckers. Yeah, thirteen hundred on your SATs. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking aneurysm <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh man i've been listening to a ton of music lately i'm gonna get into that what have you been doing man i've been i've been doing nothing i've well yeah i still really haven't been doing anything um i go to work i come home yeah i walk to the bar occasionally gotcha I don't remember walking back from the bar occasionally. Yeah, that's usually when you text me. <laughs> I text you. I make posts. I have like long text conversations with people I don't even remember doing until <laughs> days later. Days later, yeah. Well, I uh, usually bug you when I when I'm sitting here having a few. <laughs> I, I call you instead of texting, which is the most you ever, you ever gotten a phone call before. That's fucking annoying, dude. I know, I'm 100% pro-text. <laughs> Me too, but I figure I'll just bother Jared and see what he's going, <laughs> what he's got going on. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, man, uh, lots of cool movies I've been watching lately. Um, some of them not really horror. Uh, the other day I watched Superman for The Quest for Peace. Special effects in this movie are fucking terrible. <laughs> but it is one of my favorite Superman movies just because of Nuclear Man. He's pretty fucking evil. He's pretty cool. Um, but uh, Jared actually commented on my Instagram post, Superman 5 Quest for Fire, which sent me on a fucking jackalope hunt <laughs> for a fifth Superman movie. <laughs> It was a fruitless hunt, because uh, you know me, I would definitely like to own all the Superman movies, the original ones, and that one doesn't exist. No, yeah, that one that, that was that was just a really bad joke because Quest for Peace reminded me of Iron Maiden's Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire, <laughs> which yes, it makes sense, but uh, yeah, I watched that and. Uh, what else? I had a Bruce Lee marathon on New Year's Day. That was fun. I watched uh, Way of the Dragon, Enter the Dragon, and Game of Death. Oh yeah, the later stuff. Um, and it's almost embarrassing in Game of Death how you know he had already died and they like photoshopped him in the best that they could in 1978. <laughs> There's only actually like. 32 minutes of real Bruce Lee footage in that movie, but it's my favorite Bruce Lee movie. Go figure. Didn't know. they use a double for some of it? Yeah, they used two two of them. Yeah. One of them for dialogue and the other one for acrobats and fighting scenes. And uh, 
it's it there's a scene in the beginning of game of death where he's looking in the mirror and there's just a cardboard cutout of his face over the fucking double's face <laughs> yeah google that shit google image that shit and they actually tried to get away with that and it's fucking horrible but it's still my favorite bruce lee movie it's pretty it's pretty bad though but so, the, that's the one with uh what's his name in it kareem abdul jabbar yeah. yeah which is like why it's my favorite because the end of that movie he climbs the tower and has to fight a different warrior at every level mm-hmm. in the yellow track suit which has become like super famous yeah dude the, the end of that movie is fucking the fight scenes that he chore- choreographed are just flawless pretty cool oh, yeah but um you been watching anything lately or uh nothing much really no yeah not really actually we watched uh new year's evil yeah, I watched that. That counts, I guess. Sure. On New Year's Eve. <laughs> watch New Year's Evil. Uh, I think I threw in the Evil Dead just because I haven't watched it in a while. It's one of those movies I don't know, like, when I want it to just be kind of, like, low volume and all the lights off, like, usually when I'm about to go to sleep, that's, like, a go-to movie for me for some reason because it's just, to me, just is, it has the atmosphere of a movie that's, like, all the lights off, just the TV glow. Yeah. So... Every once in a while, I'll, like, go sleep on the couch and put that in. But since my, like, living room is right now 42 degrees, mm. I stayed up in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, New Year's Eve, I was over there. It was pretty chilly. Yeah. That's, that's what happens, dude. House was built in the 1800s. Yeah. Everything has a fucking air leak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. But uh, um, I also watched uh, Under Siege 2. You posted that. <laughs> no good. I mean, I've seen the movie a few times. Second one, but, eh, you know, I have so many VHS that I just get tired of watching the same ones over and over again, so I start reaching a little bit, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Under Siege 2, you know? Um, and uh, for what it means, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. They actually liked that movie. So, I think it was uh, the same guy that did Terminator 2, James Cameron. Yeah. He did the special effects and all that for uh, Under Siege 2. It was supposed to be a blockbuster, but it didn't really take off the way they thought it would. Whatever. Still pretty cool. I just remember the scene where they're about to, like, drill into that dude's eye. Oh, they're going to put a a white-hot sewing needle through the pupil or the retina of his eye, yeah. His girlfriend or whatever gives up the password. Yeah, the passcode. Yeah. I, I just like the end fight <clears throat> between Seagal and the, the main boss guy yeah. with the fight in the kitchen with the knives, and it's pretty cool, but the first one's better for sure. You got Tommy Lee Jones. You got uh, BFC. You got Miss July 89. Miss July 89. <laughs> Saw that movie in theaters with my parents. No way. They made me cover my fucking eyes when she popped out of the cake. I bet. <laughs> According to uh, one of the members of Shit Life, they wore out their tape rewinding that fucking scene over and over again. It's really funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if uh, somehow this episode reaches uh, Kyle, no, not Kyle, Ryan from Couplesgate, definitely check out the second Under Siege because he asked me if it compares to the first one. First one's better. But check out the second one for sure um i also watched let's see uh, house by the cemetery um did i mention bloody new year on the last one probably not i don't know how that movie's boring though. yeah that movie sucks um no good i had like such high hopes for that movie when i first saw it i was like, it's gonna be an all right movie yeah and it was not no. And we made the joke that it was just like like an Englishman have a bloody New Year. Yeah. <laughs> like it actually wasn't bloody. The alternate title for that was actually Time Warp Massacre. And um, that doesn't help the movie at all. No. <laughs> and I watched Demons, the first one. I did find out that a lot of my DVDs are getting sun faded on the spine. Really? Yeah, because of where the shelf is and 
where like the afternoon sun comes through my window. Yeah, like, I son mean, of a bitch. That sucks, man. There's not much you can do about it, especially when you have like 1,783 DVDs. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, man? You can't. It's not like you can just put them in a box. No, I just gotta like keep that curtain closed. I try to. This dude has so many DVDs. It's ridiculous. And VHS. For those not in the know, Jared has like more horror movies than anybody I've ever known. I could be wrong about that, but I'll go out on a limb and say <clears throat> Jared takes the cake. See, I have a lot, but I actually know a bunch of people that have way more. You do. I don't. Like, if I was to if I was to pick one person that has potential to have more, it'd be Lewis. He does all VHS. Yeah. Good ones too. Yeah, he's got some fucking obscure shit. Right. But um Fuck, I've I come across people that have straight up fucking video stores in their house. Yeah, that's insane. With with aisles. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It's crazy. It's awesome though. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um maybe one day I'll get to that status, but not anytime soon, that's for sure. Uh have you been listening to anything epic lately? Anything. Old, new. Uh must have been in a span called Nightmare with a K. So like Night to the Round Table Night. Oh. It's called Nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah, they're from, uh, what was it, 80s New York. It's kind of like, uh, almost like a power metal band. Okay. Pretty awesome. We'll check them guys out. Yeah, they were around for, was it just shy of 10 years? They put out a couple demos and an EP, I think maybe an album. Mm-hmm. Worth, definitely worth checking out. Okay. And then, um... Fuck, those two bands I sent you, Tyrant and um, Stormwitch. Stormwitch. Both of those, which basically is kind of like a new album power metal feel to both yeah. of those. I think I've heard Stormwitch. Yeah, they're awesome. And then um, Jamming Gauze, Japanese hardcore band. Okay. And legit. Have you showed me those guys? I want to say I showed you Gauze. I'm I mean, pretty sure you did. Yeah. No, Will. Uh, Will's all about guys. He'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. There's like I was reading an interview. This is years ago, so I can't. I I might get the quote wrong on it. But they were saying that basically Gauze is the fastest non-fast band. They're basically saying that they sound fast, but they're really not that fast. It's like normal punk time, but it just sounds fast, and I think it's because of the drumming. Oh, gotcha. But I mean, they're still a fucking fast band. They're just a fucking Japanese hardcore punk band. They're right awesome. on. And actually, all their albums just got uh, reissued, I think, last month. I think reissued, uh, they got four, one, two, yeah, I think four, maybe five albums. Okay. Spanning from the 80s to 07 was their last one. Okay, cool. I was listening to their album Equalize Distort, which is a fucking great record. Cool. Japanese hardcore rules. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, you know me. Almost every band I listen to comes from Japan. Yeah, true story. Um, anything else? Is that... That's pretty much been all I've been listening to. Yeah. yeah. Have you dipped into the classics that you usually listen to your angel I'm sure I'm fucking sure I have at this point I just it's just like second skin it just fucking happens because I listen to like most of the stuff I listen to at work especially now as we mentioned how cold my house is and all my records are downstairs I'm not down there spinning records so it's at work on YouTube so like an album will end and I'm still doing something so whatever starts next and it's usually something I listen to a hundred times so whatever yeah, I've been listening to a lot. Um, today I jammed the new Iron Monkey. Yeah, you're playing that when I came over. Yeah, it's a uh, it's okay. Um, never was really big into that band, but figured I'd check out their new album. It's called Nine Thirteen. Um, 
is kind of sludgy, doomy stuff. Uh, this band Drug Problem. I fucking love this band. Like they're I don't know how to categorize them though. It's like a power balance band. Kind of, but they have like other stuff mixed in. You know what I mean? Like it's like a weird mix of power violence with like slower like crushing stuff. Like well, I mean though if you look at like a lot of uh a lot of power violence bands they kinda of throw that same their songs would be like it's like faster songs and they just have crushing like almost sludge like sludge parts. Yeah. Yeah, that's kinda how they are. <clears throat> but I've been listening to their uh, EP Worship Sludge. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. And it's like total amp worship. Like you can barely hear the drums or anything or the vocals. It's just fucking overbearing guitars. It's awesome. Um, a band that Jared knows about. They're called Black Tomb. They're a blackened doom band from I'm guessing New England. I think so, yeah. Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And um man, they're fucking awesome. They're like one of my new favorite bands. Definitely check them out. Um any subgenre of doom, you'll like this band if you're a fan of that. Uh, a couple of these bands I probably mentioned on previous episodes, Bottom Feeder, they're fucking awesome. Uh, I was checking out their Grinding Teeth EP. Uh, Vile Intent, they're a power violence band. They're uh, pretty pissed off. Uh, we got Discombobulation from Hong Kong. They're a black and sludge band, and they're for fans of anyone who likes a song up until the last two minutes. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, I've been jamming uh, Sea of Shit. The second EP, uh, Funerary, their demo from 2014, they actually broke up. They're from Phoenix, Arizona. Killer, like, funeral doom band. Uh, let's see, Un, or Un, U-N. We seen them at Fister. Uh, I've been jamming their uh, their album. They only have one out, and it's really good. I, I suggest a track called uh, Forgotten Path. Uh, the newest latest dope throne ep called 1312 been jamming that uh it sounds like everything else dope throne's ever done it's awesome uh fister the new song from the split with church called the ditch it's fucking like clocking in at 20 minutes i've probably mentioned that before i know i have uh the latest weed eater album goliathan i've been listening to that a lot lately i don't know why um fistula the shape of doom to come and that's about it, man. And then this band called Gasp. I don't know what they are. I really don't. Yeah. But, yeah, Gasp, all capital letters. There's some kind of weird, fucking, distorted, heavy, screaming, fucking crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> but I can't really put them into a category. I, I just happened to stumble across them. Pretty good. But that's what I've been listening to. Um, I come home from work and try to find new bands or listen to my go-to bands so oh yeah um anything else going on man you got dude i've really been i haven't been doing shit no okay. i really have not been doing anything okay i've been dreading going outside and then i feel bad because i know you work outside all the time yeah so i'm like i can't feel bad about my drive to work yeah <laughs> well the cool thing is is most like 90% of people are super cool that I work, you know, that I deal with at work. Yeah. Because they feel bad that I have to work out in those conditions. So it makes my job a little bit easier. And then when I come home, that joint and that beer is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Dude, if I worked outside in the winter all day, I'd probably come home and just go to sleep. Well, I do. And just not, and then just, that'd be my day. Well, it's not like every day I come home, it's a Saturday night party. It's just like a couple brewskis, a couple hits of a doobie, and then I'm in bed by like eight, nine o'clock, dude. I'm, I'm done. You know what I mean? I eat some food, blah, 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 pop in a movie. But you almost kind of need to medicate when you come home after working in like negative 14 degrees, you know? Yeah. So. But, you know, thankfully, people are usually cool, and my boss is cool. He doesn't leave me out there for fucking hours on end. He checks on me, keep, like gives me warm-ups and shit. 
so that's cool. Um, haven't been to any shows lately. I missed that one that you went to. Oh yeah, I went to that. I forgot about. I actually totally forgot about that show. Yeah, yeah. I missed uh, Shitfucker and Sakuzu. Yeah, that show was a blast at the uh, Crow Manor Punk House in Detroit. Mm-hmm. The show was a fucking good time. It was packed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sakuzu, they, they just released a new uh, rehearsal demo. Yep. Uh, called... Overcharger. Overcharger. Thank you. Uh, it's fucking killer. They only had it up for a couple days on their band camp. And played it at the show. Yeah. Which, actually, that was the song that when Johnny was staying with me, Jared came over and they wrote that. Really? When they started playing, I was like, I, I was like, I heard this before. And I realized like I heard it before because I heard Jared showing Johnny the riffs. Oh, gotcha. It's it's killer, dude. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a song. I'm sure Johnny will listen to this and then throw me a text and tell me I was wrong. But, <laughs> dude, he's done that before. Really? I've talked about a band and I missed that. I think the country they're from. And he texts me. He's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> That's happened to me, too doing this podcast mm. you know <laughs> but that that just means people are listening so that's good yeah dude like for the most part we don't like we'll take notes if there's anything specific we want to mention but for the most part we're just fucking off the fucking flying off the sleeve here. yeah just off the whim so i mean i i mean i think of the old, uh, first episodes i even threw out there like we're probably saying a bunch of inaccurate shit yeah yeah, I don't always, like, actually follow up to 100% of... I just kind of go off the top of the head. Well, I know a lot of it with me is it's stuff that I knew years ago. Like, mm-hmm. certain things. And... No, uh, memory sucks. My memory's good. It's just... What am I What am I stuffing in there that's going <laughs> to stick around? You know what I mean? Like, it's... I'm noticing, like, my memory with, like, movies and stuff is going, like, you know, I used to be able to talk directors and films and releases and who released what and da-da-da-da-da-da. There's times where I, like, blank on Fulci films. Oh, you're getting bad. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, because, like, I used to, like, I was, like, reading on it and, like, looking into everything, like, on a daily basis all the time, Mm -hmm. constantly. And I just don't anymore because I'm just always doing all this shit. Right. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Since I haven't really bought any new tapes, it's kind of happening to me too. You know. Yeah. But I don't know. I I haven't gotten that bad yet to where I'm blanking on Fulci films. Those are like my go-to for sure. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I'm super excited about the movie we're going to talk about in this episode. I'm mild about it. Mild? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my favorite slasher films of the golden era. Yeah. Because of atmosphere. 100% atmosphere. If there's something about backwoods or camp slashers that I have a weakness for. Camp slashers, I like. Backwoods slashers, I've noticed I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't understand like I, that. I find them okay. I love it, man. I even tried thinking about it. I'm like, man, what's a really good, like one that I really, really like? And I, everyone I can think of, I'm just like, it's all right. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, Don't Go in the Woods is okay. Yeah. The Forest. See, yeah, just, not to me, The Forest is just okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you're right. The Prey. That's a backwoods slasher. And there's like a fucking, there's a scene of just ants. Oh, I know. Like. There's a scene of caterpillars. Yeah, like, it's it, like they it's, had like, like just stock footage of like filming insects in the woods. Right, yeah. But. It was. It's supposed to create an <laughs> an atmosphere in a low budget way, like they're in nature, kind of thing. But and I just feel most of them. There's like too much downtime in between things. There's too much downtime between things happening. 
Yeah. And they're not, they're not the strongest scripts, and they're not the strongest oh, actors fuck no. to be able to carry that much dialogue for that long. <laughs> right. So that's, I think, like with a lot of it, it's like... Uh, I can agree with you on that. Yeah. So Camp Slashers, yeah, I'm all about Camp Slashers, but Backwoods Slashers, I find, I'm just kind of like, eh. Uh, mm. I don't hate the movies, but they're just kind of like, eh, they're all right. Okay. Well, we will be talking about the 1981 slasher just before dawn. Yes, which is a backwoods slasher, and you at least have to admit, of all the backwoods slashers you've seen, this is probably one of the better ones. It's good. Could have been better. Could have been better for sure. Has I some agree. like weird. There's weird aspects to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, like Blondie playing in the beginning. <laughs> I like that actually. Yeah, I do too. I love Blondie, but um, I, I like the fact that it's got George Kennedy in it. Yes, I thought he was a good, um, you know, your token warning person that warns the people not to go. You know, like Crazy Ralph, and he was supposed to be that guy. To an extent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to warn them not to go up there. No. Well, I mean, he, yeah, him being like the for like the forest ranger or whatever, right? I think uh, the other guy, the dude from Sleep Sleepaway Camp, was yeah. almost more of like supposed to be like the crazy Ralph because he, he actually saw what happened. True story. Yeah, he called the twins the demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the crazy drunk that was trying to tell them that like, you know, it's not cool to go where you're going, but. His death is fucking awesome, but I mean, for this with this movie, the first kill sets the tone for the movie, the whole movie for me, and it's just such an obscure place to stab somebody. <laughs> it's so fucking violent, like. And then they show the exit. Yes, and that's you know he stabs the guy through like the bladder. Yeah. You know, I mean. Fuck, dude. That's rough city. See, this this is where I feel this movie could have done a little bit better. They don't show much of anything. Yeah. That's almost like the most they show, and that's the first five minutes. Yeah. It's like the most that actually gets shown. That's where it's like, ugh. if they would have showed more, like have those like long periods, because like it, first five minutes somebody dies... Nothing actually happens until 45th or 50th minute after that. Yeah, but, like, you're right. You're right. But what fills the time for me is just the creepy mannerisms of the of the maniacs. There's a, okay, there's a couple. I could I kind of didn't mention that. There's that. It's, like, maybe the 20th minute where they're... Uh, swimming, homeboy and his girlfriend yeah. naked, and you see in the background the one guy come out and just dip into the water. Yeah. So there's that. It, it's like atmosphere for me yeah. with this movie because there's definitely it's it's light on gore. It's like almost non-existent on gore. Yeah. There's like no gore. But then again, the copy that I have could be cut because I did read. I've watched the hundred minute. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. It's. There's really no gore. No. Yeah, there's a cool thing though, going on like watching the people in the background. That scene where um, he's out in the lantern looking for his friend, mm-hmm. and he turns like this, and you just see in the background it's all pitch black, and then you just see the light light up, dude in the background like in the tree. Okay. And he turns back around and disappears because it's all pitch black. Right. Like that, they do a couple good scenes like that where it's like you kind of got to keep your eye in the background. Which that one was obvious; they kind of wanted you to see it. But there was a few where you just kind of noticed the, like one of the twins in the background. Right. Yeah. That that they're creepy as shit. Like the noise they make actually works well. Yeah, it does. Like the weird muttering that they do. Yeah, it's like weird, like muttering, uh, squealing sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh I really like this movie. I know 
it's definitely not one of the best slashers ever made, but it's it's up there as one of my favorites because of the atmosphere of it. And it was a very sought after tape for me for a long time. Yeah. Um, I I definitely wanted to score a copy of this movie. You know, and allmovie.com actually said that if you're lucky enough to pluck out a copy of Just Before Dawn, you're going to be in for a real treat. It was a review of the movie. And uh, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I like most things about this movie, except for the fact that there's not much gore. That's my biggest complaint about this movie is like for a slasher in 1981. Yeah, the climate of things that were coming out around that time—you need gore. You gotta have gore. Well, like everybody says, and I'm blanking on the director's name right now. It's um, John. It's the same guy who did Squirm and Blue Sunshine and um, Satan's Little Helper. Oh, he did that one too. Yeah. Which Satan's Little Helper? Anybody who hasn't seen that, it's a came out like late '90s, I think. Might have been early 2000s. It's worth a check out. Jeff Lieberman. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Lieberman. I actually talked to him once. Did you? I hit him up to release Satan's Little Helper. Really? Yeah. I actually hit him up to release. Yeah, it was just that I was going to ask him about uh, just before dawn, but by the time I was going to talk to him, somebody announced they were releasing it. Oh, gotcha. Well, yeah, like, everybody says that he, like, oh, had to have been inspired by uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, um, I can't remember the other film. Friday the 13th. I can't, I think that might have been it, but I think there was a different one. But he said he didn't even see either of those movies before filming. Really? He said he draw, drew most of his inspiration from Deliverance. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. A little bit. I don't know. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, the whole inbred, like, feel oh, yeah. that they kind of hint towards in the movie. Well, shit, fucking, uh, Kennedy even says it. He's like, uh, how's he say? He's like, you. He makes common reference to it. Like, you do so so things so long, these are the results or something. I think it's, like, right after he kills the one brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in the beginning, too, the one guy was like, oh, I wonder what's up with all the twins out here. Yeah. And uh, the one guy was like, it must be something in the water, and he's like, it might have something to do with banging your sister. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they kind of hinted towards, you know, that. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. I've never seen Deliverance all the way through, but... No. I've Burt, seen bits and parts of it. Burt Reynolds without a mustache. Yeah, that's that's no good. I, I'll <laughs> stick with Smokey and the Bandit and... Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run, yes. But <laughs> Dude, can we talk about... Because this is weird to me. Because there's, like there's like a couple things that are just weird. Okay. The the main chick who stays who like is live in the end. Yes. Movie starts out. She's like camper, like all serious or whatever. And then some like weird twist happens, and all of a sudden she's like comes out in like hot pants and like unbuttoned shirt, just like separating her tits, walking around barefoot. And there's like this. I like at the first time I watched it, I kept waiting for like there's something's gonna happen with this chick, like because it, it was like a complete character change. And there'd be like these weird moments where it's like she's giving somebody a look, or she has like some look in her face. It's like okay, something's gonna happen here, and it was just nothing. Like what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like that kept bo- that bothered me. The blonde-haired chick. Not her, like, but just how like it was a complete character switch yeah yeah because she was uh the main dude's girlfriend yeah she was like climb before climb before that she was supposed to be like him and her were the ones who knew what the fuck they were doing yeah and then she just totally wasn't like dressed for the 
Damn, but like it seemed like her whole demeanor changed, her whole like attitude to everything changed. Yeah. She started having like doubts and shit too. Remember she was like telling him like it's not the same and Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't know. And then how many times did they want to act like they weren't hearing things? That was like the most annoying thing to me. Dude knocks down like one of the twins knocks down their tent. Oh, uh, who who taught you how to put up a tent? Uh, oh my god! Like fucking serious? <laughs> right. Who are you trying? Who are you fucking fooling at that point? Like she doesn't believe you. Like everybody knows somebody just knocked that tent down. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> when when dude man's blowing the whistle and they don't hear it. Or they're acting like they can kind of hear it, but not. Yeah. What the fuck's the point of having the whistle if, when you blow the whistle? Well, they're thinking they he was just fucking around with them because he was blowing it before. Yeah. They thought he was just messing with them. Yeah. I just thought that that was one of the things where you know, dude, man's like basically fucking crippled in the bottom of the fucking river, blowing a whistle, and they're just hanging out at the camp. I'm like. Well, also, who the fuck... I'd be pissed. You come across some random forest girl who has, like, crayon painted on her face, what it looked like, because she got the chick's makeup. Yeah. And, like, tries kissing you, or does kiss you, and then, like, runs off. Who, who follows her? Who chases her? And then acts like nothing happened. Like, yeah, just I'll show you how to cross this, this rope bridge. Like, no, dude, just let her fucking run off and do what the fuck she's going to do. Like, yeah. go on with your life. Right. Yeah, the rope bridge was like eerie. Just the rope bridge itself, and then the scene <laughs> with the dude. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. Like that. I love that. That's great. But fucking on a garden hose. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. Overall, um, it I've seen a lot worse. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, it's a not not a bad movie. It came out the year of the slasher, eighty one, and uh, it fits right in there for me. And I like everything George Kennedy's ever been in. I really do. I think I don't know. Yeah, Creepshow two, couple other movies. Airplane. Airplane. Yeah, he's awesome. Wait, was he in Airplane? He wasn't Airplane. Right? I think. Or he might have been in the second one. The sequel? Yeah. He was in one of them. I haven't seen either of those movies in like 20 years. Yeah, it's been a fucking long time. Yeah. They're sweet, though. They're killer movies. <laughs> fucking scene where like, Timmy's in the cockpit? Yeah. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> you like gladiator movies? <laughs> so good, dude. Was it Turkish wrestling? Yeah, Turkish wrestling. <laughs> Classic, dude. Yeah, those movies are great, man. The first one, especially. But um, yeah, I liked uh, Just Before Dawn. It's uh, it's a staple in my collection. Like I said I like it. I don't love it. Yeah, I can see that. There's just not enough going on for me. Yeah. And like like you know me, I like slow burn movies, but it's got to at least be worth watching to wait to have like the build up to it. Right. And to me, it's just like, eh. It fits to me. It 100 percent fits in with almost every other backwood slasher I can think of. I'm trying to think of some more backwood slashers that I've seen. I know. Uh, Don't go in the woods. The forest. The prey. Um, I don't know. I guess Mother's Day would kind of fit in there. And I think you've already, we, me and you have already talked about my feelings on Mother's Day. Have we? I'm not a big fan of Mother's Day. No? No. The first 15 minutes of that movie scarred me for life. It fucked me up, man. Yeah? Yeah, seriously. I seen that movie when I was like... And uh, when she's strangling that chick yeah. after they beat the shit out of her, it's like, oh, I don't know. 
I don't know, something about it. in like the whole scene where she's like trying to fix the car and the dude's in the back with the rope and you think he's going to fucking do something and he just wants the radio on and shit. It's just uh, the whole fucking, that whole scene just. See, I think my whole thing is I hate the like, the like overly cartoonish backwoods hillbilly characters. Yeah. Which is why, like, I love Friday the 13th Part 5. I fucking hate it because of the mom and son. Gotcha. Like, fuck, that movie would be way better without those two. Yeah. And it's like, that's to me, is how, like, every backwoods slasher, to an extent, like, Just Before Dawn really isn't like that. No. But, like, every other one, it's like, especially Mother's Day. Just, like, a cartoon version of... Just like backwoods hillbillies. Yeah. She's like, God, it's fucking annoying. Yeah. The end of that movie rules, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A fucking weird thing jumps out. What was its name? She kept saying it was like after her. Aunt. I can't remember. It's been seriously a long time since I even watched that movie. Yeah. No, we never even talked about the end of Just Before Dawn. No, we haven't gotten to that yet, but yeah. The end of Just Before Dawn. Fucking. Girl who did total character change. Her boyfriend gets stabbed in the fucking stomach and he's laying there not helping but watching. He's well enough to hold his stomach and just like watch. But she starts fucking fighting big dude and just jams her fucking fist down his throat. Which rules. <laughs> That's That part, yeah, the end is amazing. Yeah. That part is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, she's like five foot five. Yeah. Maybe like a buck twenty. And she's on this dude's back just fucking fighting him to the death. And then she just throws a haymaker right in his fucking grill. <laughs> pretty cool but uh you could tell like because he drops down he fucking dies she pulls her hand out elbow deep in fucking blood mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking girl runs out the the sister and the look <laughs> the chick gives the sister oh yeah and the, she just fucking runs away and then she thinks she hears like another brother coming and like you could tell she's about to have a fucking breakdown yeah that was actually pretty good because you could tell like she was she basically like held it together long enough and fucking killed this one guy and then she thought somebody else was coming out of the room out and it was like she just like couldn't do it anymore yeah you could tell she was just gonna fucking lose it yeah it was yeah the ending was actually pretty good to this movie Mm -hmm. it landed pretty well um see that's one thing I like I like when endings are just like when they do something that's just absurd, like how pieces fucking hand comes out, fucking grabs that dude, mm-hmm. like this, like she fucking straight runs her fist and forearm to the elbow down this dude's throat, like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty vicious. That's pretty vicious, dude. Yeah, but. Yeah, I enjoyed the ending. I enjoyed the whole movie. Um, like I said, I don't know. It's, it's it's mostly atmosphere for me in this movie. Like the setting and just the way things kind of play out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I'll watch it again and again. I love it. I got like one shelf on my uh, bookshelf that's nothing but slashers, and that one's always pops out. Probably because it's an orange slipcase, but it just stands out. It just stands out. It's like watch me. But um, yeah. Anything else uh, super cool coming up? Or I know there's a show coming up at Trixie's. Damn, there's a actually there's a few shows coming up. Mm-hmm. There's a. I just forget the band's name. I think it's like a Culta. Something like that from uh, from Germany, I think. Oh, Italy. Okay. That's coming up with uh, I think Perversion and Lieutenant Dan's playing with them. 
That might have been the one I seen. And I would be stoked to see that. Yeah, I plan on going to that. Yeah, that would be awesome. There's one show coming up this uh, Friday the 12th. And obviously I fucking... Obviously I did not accept the invite to it because it's not fucking... Yeah, there was one that I definitely was looking forward to seeing. I know that. But, um, yeah. We're probably just gonna continue to drink beer and uh, watch horror movies. That's probably gonna be, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to find like the flyers for both of those shows because they're both definitely worth going to. The one is a, uh, a cult they are or something like that. Fucking... At um, with Lieutenant Dan and Perversion, which Lieutenant Dan and Perversion are all worth watching. Oh, for sure. I I agree. I can actually tell you that one right now, probably because I don't remember who posted everything. Occulta, Perversion, Lieutenant Dan, and Sakuzu. It's at Trixie's. That is uh, February tenth. So that's still like a month out. Okay. But there's a show. Um, like next week, grind show. Isn't like Sulfuric Cartery playing that one? I think so. And Girth. That's why, like, I, I don't know why I can't fucking find it. I went to Kirby's page too, and I, I don't know. There's another good show next weekend. Yeah. Well, I have to work Saturday, but I might be able to go. And then we're gonna throw a rager for uh, Jimmy's birthday. Yeah. So we'll have plenty to talk about on the next episode. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's... I think that's about it. I think that's about it, yeah. Nice little short one this time around. Yeah. Next time we'll do, like, two movies. <laughs> right. Or a franchise or something. Well, yeah, I think the next few we're probably going to have uh, guest co-hosts. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, before we go... Um, we have some stuff lined up for you guys in the future here. A handful of guest co-hosts that are going to be on the show. We're going to branch out and try to incorporate some really cool people into our podcast for your listening pleasure. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to reveal who they are until it's time to do the podcast. Yeah, it's just going to be all people who uh, obviously have a love of horror and uh, music. Yeah, kind of like us. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, no, it sounded a little soapboxy. I'm like, we're not going to reveal. No, it's just, it's our friends. We're going to have our friends on the show. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound so like... We're bringing in Eddie Vedder. I know Eddie He's Vedder be guest and fucking, co-host. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be on the next one. We're going to talk about Activia. It's going to be great. Got to hold the Glenn Danzig. <laughs> yeah. Talk about why he's such a fucking asshole. Yeah. Dick. I don't know. Everybody I know likes Danzig. I. I don't. I like the Misfits. Yeah, I like I like old Misfits. I mean, actually, I'm, I, I went back. I'm really picky on old Misfits. I can't do the fucking like legacy brutality where it's like straight up like doo-wop yeah it's like dark doo-wop evil elvis yeah i can't uh, <laughs> i can't do it right i hear you i don't know it's all kind of blends in for me i mean the old stuff's definitely better but misfits are misfits to me man i just kind of it is what it is i like the uh, michael graves era stuff too i don't i don't hate it I like it. I, that was actually the first Misfits I ever heard yeah. when I was a teenager. Yeah, it was American Psycho. And I was like, oh, fuck, the Misfits are cool. And then, I, you know, Garrett showed me, like, the old stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. I remember being in Portland, and I was wearing a Misfits shirt this back when I was, like, 18, I think. And some kid in this park was like, nice shirt. And I'm like, oh, thanks. He's like, old or new? And I'm like, I, I kind of like them both. 
And he was like, oh, well, new sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, old's better, but, like, news are, it's all right for what it is. Right. Yeah, new stuff doesn't bother me as much. Like, I don't think Graves could write songs like Danzig could. Mm-mm. No, there's a handful of old Misfits tunes that are, like, just gold. Bullet. Bullet's one of them. Yeah, Bullet is the unsung hero of that band. It's good. It rules. But we're probably going to listen to some Misfits or something. And uh, sure. drink some beers. And till the next time we do our podcast and you guys listen to us. It's been real, man. Yeah, guys. I'll uh, see you in a few weeks. Yep.